welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hey there, folks. I hope you are enjoying a fantastic June. I myself am super happy to be home in Minneapolis for most of the summer after um, a season of lots and lots of travel. It's such a privilege to be able to be a speaker and to be invited to talk about things that matter most to me from stages around the country, sometimes around the world. But it definitely takes a toll on my family and on the pile of laundry that is absolutely winning the battle in the corner of my room. So I am just delighted to be in Minneapolis and home for the summer. We are doing lots of fun things with our kiddos and are just really having, uh, I, I mean, I want to say like leisurely schedules, although if you know Rob and I, like our version of leisure is, is sort of different in that we're still <laughs> sort of working on big things and working pretty hard, but lots of midday breaks to go for a long bike ride. Yesterday we took our kids on this like huge giant adventure playground um, that a friend Lee Kerfoot owns. So I think Really being mindful of creating space for play and for time that's unstructured and time that is not all allotted for productivity or chores or, you know, things on a to-do list. But time sitting in a hammock, time reading a book, time on paddleboards, time on bicycles, time watching movies, time just sort of hanging out together as a family is, I think, one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves and our kids in the summer. I'll also say that I think there are huge benefits to variations in schedule and variations in pace for our business lives. I think when we create a little bit more room, we encounter different kinds of experiences, which contributes to some flexibility in our creativity and our problem solving. Mixing it up a little bit is really great for our brain health which of course has tremendous benefits for the well-being and success of our businesses. So because I am determined to spend a chunk of the summer at home, I've been spending time connecting more with local entrepreneurs here in Minneapolis. And I did a brown big lunch with an, a local accelerator earlier today. Cool group of folks who are working together to support each other. And we had a great conversation over sandwiches. One of the things that came up in our conversation, something that I have continued to think about all afternoon, is the role that healthy grieving plays in the life of an entrepreneur. And, you know, that might sound like kind of a, a big, heavy emotional word. We talk about grief as it relates to death. We don't necessarily talk about grief as it relates to, you know, the loss of a business idea or a key employee. But I, I think that it's important to think about it from a grief framework. One of the participants in the conversation around the lunch table today 
was talking about kind of how to cope with the sadness around things that he has to say no to because he's decided to say yes to his business. You know, to go all in on a business means saying no to, you know, climbing the ladder at a lucrative job or means saying no to some hobbies or means saying no to other ideas that also are intriguing and interesting to you. So say yes to something always involves no to other things. I had this professor in graduate school who used to say, all decisions involve loss. And that's true in many domains of our lives, but it's very true in our businesses. And I don't think we give it enough sort of thought or credit. The fact that to be an entrepreneur, to be successful, to go in on on something involves losses in other ways. A similar kind of conversation came up for me this week in one of my consulting sessions. An entrepreneur that I work with, he and his team lost a giant client. And of course, that meant needing to take some really quick action to kind of right the financial ship given the loss of this client. And in this case, it meant letting go a whole bunch of staff. And it was clear that this needed to happen when he sat down with the team and explained the situation, they understood that it needed to happen. The numbers were fairly obvious. But even though it was a relatively straightforward, albeit difficult decision, he didn't really give himself a ton of space to grieve the fact that, you know, he had hired this group of people and then needed to let them go. And so these past couple of weeks, he's been feeling kind of off, kind of lethargic, kind of burnt out, kind of just not himself at work. And the more that we talked about what was preoccupying him, the more that it became clear that he was really in this state of grief, but hadn't really given space to name that or kind of call it what it was. I think from a leader perspective, he thought, man, I did the thing that needed to be done. I did the hard thing. I did right by my employees as much as I possibly could. And that's all very logical, but it doesn't account for the emotional fallout that goes with loss. So there's loss of paths not taken, loss of opportunities, loss of people, loss of clients, lots of customers. And another kind of loss that I think is common in the lives of entrepreneurs is a loss of control. (laughs) Um, You know, we start out in our businesses and there are like are nice, sweet little babies, and we maybe oversee all aspects of them from the very beginning. But as a company is successful, as it grows, the founder has less and less influence or less and less hands on all pieces of the company. And some entrepreneurs do that process elegantly. They kind of are good at letting go and trusting team members to do a great job And some founders are really not excellent at that. And they struggle with the loss of control over aspects of their company. A second kind of lost control happens when significant external factors have a big influence over a business. So, you know, for some of my e-commerce brothers and sisters, these uh, tariffs with China, that whole conversation is a really big deal to the bottom line of how your business works, what your margins look like. And of course, you as an individual business owner have very limited control over those kind of geopolitical forces that are shaping the day-to-day life of your business. 
I feel like a lot of the folks that I work with, maybe just a lot of entrepreneurs in general, myself included, would really like to keep the emotion out of business. We would like to be clear and rational leaders who make decisions, leaders who react to variables that change around us. And I think in some ways we sort of envision ourselves as these robots that are capable of logical, rational action no matter what. And of course, many of us are. Many of us are making great logical choices all the time. But when we diminish the emotional life that goes along with the ups and downs of the business, we don't allow ourselves the space to effectively cope with strong emotions like grief. And of course, I haven't even talked about the numerous losses in our personal lives that can shape who we are as people and how we run our businesses. Loss of a parent, loss of a a spouse, loss of a pregnancy, loss of a friend, moving across the country, loss of things that are familiar. These kinds of losses almost always result in grief and almost always disrupt our businesses to one extent or another. So how do you grieve well? The first step in grieving well is naming the loss. Naming the opportunity you had to say no to. Naming the key employee that you will miss. Naming the client or the customer who was a big part of your success. Naming the change in the makeup of your business that means that you have to learn how to work in a different way. And of course, naming that person or relationship or animal, whatever it may be, that you've lost. When you name something, and that means you say it out loud, you say it to someone You say, man, I'm really, really sad that I had to let that person go, or I'm going to miss having that weekly Friday call with that client. When you say it out loud to someone, you give it a little bit of space. You give it a life outside of your own head. You can even write it down as part of your journaling practices, things that you're grateful for, things that you're saying goodbye to, high points, low points, very simple practices that can make a really important strategy for effectively managing and understanding your own inner emotional life. So to grieve well, you name it out loud. And secondly, you identify what about that phase of your business or potential opportunity you are going to miss. Maybe what you're grateful for about its presence in your life. So you're kind of acknowledging the extent of the loss, how you will be different for the fact that that person or thing or opportunity is no longer present for you. The third thing that I think is important is maybe a little bit controversial or maybe a little hard to land, but I think it's important to physicalize loss in some way. So if it's a person, um, you get a photograph, you get a little tattoo, you get something, maybe not a tattoo about like a client that you're not working with anymore, but you know, if it's like your dad or your uncle or something, maybe a little tattoo is a better fit. But to have some sort of physical item that reminds you of that part of your business or part of your life. So if it's a company that you're going to miss working with, getting like a sticker of their logo and just keeping that in your desk somewhere. Making sure you have a company picture that has key employees in it. 
I know this is very like not Maria Kondo, but I do think that having some kind of physical representation helps us with memory because it it concretizes, it, it gives an image, it gives like a sensory quality to this feeling or thing that we've lost. And it's of course in no way a replacement, but when you have a physical representation of something or someone that's no longer with you, it helps to counterbalance the general sense of absence. So for example, many of you know that I trained to be an academic, to be a researcher, and that my first professional job, you know, like really a professional job, <laughs> was as a university professor. And there were lots of things I loved about that job, but it, there was also a time when that job no longer served me. It was no longer the right fit. So I was, I was clear and I was content to resign. It was the right choice for me, but it was a big loss. It was a loss of identity. It was a shift in who I saw myself to be. And so the, the Friday after I resigned, I got a tattoo and then I like went to bed for a couple of days and I got up on Monday and was ready to go with my new life. But the tattoo was important. It sort of signified this significant shift in who I was becoming. And so maybe a tattoo is not your deal, but I think something that signifies, I thought I was going to be, you know, this kind of employee or this kind of executive or this kind of leader. And it turns out that's not who I became. I'm letting go. I'm losing. I'm releasing that version of my story and I'm embracing something new. So having something that you can see or touch or smell or feel that tells that story can be pretty important. Because despite our digital advances, we humans are three-dimensional and we have brains that respond to three-dimensional experiences. Think of the difference between receiving a card in the mail and receiving a Facebook message or a text. One of them feels more formidable. One of them reflects more time and intention. You don't have to keep that card forever, but when you hold it in your hands, there's a tactile memory as well as just the memory of having received a kind word from someone. So if it's an opportunity that you had to say no to, perhaps you hold on to that offer letter and you tuck it away in a drawer or you you know, hold it for a minute and then you take a picture of it and save it in your Dropbox. Part of being able to move gracefully or efficiently or whatever word you want to use through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship is being able to be open and fluid with our own emotional lives. Calm stoicism is not the absence of emotion. It's in many ways the ability to acknowledge and process and move through difficult emotions and positive emotions with some ease. And grief can be a particularly difficult emotion, particularly for those of us who have had a number of losses in our personal and professional lives. But the simple strategies of naming, ritualizing, physicalizing, can help us feel like we are participating in the process instead of having things yanked away from us. It can make loss less violent, less painful, especially over time. So perhaps I'm overstating it, but as I talk about it, I do 
kind of agree with my own thesis, allow myself to quote myself and agree with myself, which is that being good at entrepreneurship involves working with loss, being good at loss, being able to do loss well. So I hope those reflections are helpful to you on this fine summer's day. I've got some great interviews lined up for July. If there's a subject you'd like me to tackle on the podcast, drop me a line. Let me know. I'm Sherry at zenfounder.com, and I always love to hear from folks. So enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the play, and don't forget to acknowledge those losses, however big or small they may be. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.